Thank you. Okay. So, every time a bell rings on earth, up in heaven, an angel gets its wings. Sorry, no. That's not how it works. We don't need wings. We're already lighter than air. That's why in visions, like in Jacob's visions, we're always on ladders, and we're not just climbing up and climbing down, we're hanging on. Otherwise, we appear, flash, and then poof, we'd blow away. So when we have to come down to where you live, we have to put on heavy shoes to keep us down on earth, or we have to find something to hang on to. We wear wings because you like them. They're a nuisance, really. They're a real nuisance. So the bell rings in heaven, and on go the wings, and on go the boots, and down we come. Or down I go, because it's usually me. I'm Gabriel. And when the assignment board goes up, it's Gabriel go there, Gabriel go there, Gabriel do this, Gabriel do that, all the time. I know it's my job. Angel means messenger, after all. But here's the thing. No matter what the message is, the first thing I have to say is, don't be afraid. Or sometimes you read it, fear not, or be not afraid. It sounds more impressive, but, you know, an angel shows up, flash, and it's a startling thing. It's not part of your usual daily procedure, is it? Oh, look, there's an angel. No. So, it's kind of scary. But when one of us visits you, it isn't just a shock. It also means that there's trouble ahead. God wants you to do something, and somebody's going to get hurt. Maybe not bad, but it's going to cost something. Flash. We come and flash the trouble starts. So God says, I have a plan for you, and you wonder if you can do it, but then maybe you say yes and you try, and then you discover, now here's the real scary part, then you'll discover that God is doing it through you. Do you really want to get that close to that much power? I, I, I don't think so. But it's always the same. Angel shows up, and something tough is ahead. So the latest episode starts with Zechariah. <clears throat> and Zechariah is a priest. And Zechariah is old. And Zechariah has a soft job, really, because every year, once, when it's his turn, he has to come into the city, go into the temple. <coughs> Excuse me. He doesn't cough on his way in. He goes into the temple. He goes up to the sanctuary with incense. Now, the sanctuary is kind of like God's outer office in the temple. So once a year, Zechariah gets to go in there. And it's like he takes all the prayers of the congregation with him and tosses them up over the partition into the, into the Holy of Holies where God is. But while the people outside are praying with words, Zechariah goes in all by himself and lets the incense go up. Except this day, he's not alone. Flash! 
there I am. And the first thing I have to say is, don't be afraid. Now, I know what Zechariah's prayer is, because God told me. And Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth have always wanted to have a child, and they've never been able to have a child. But I tell them they will have a child, a son. Now, he'll grow up to be John the Baptist. That's a big deal. But he'll come to a bad end, and along the way, I'm sure he'll break their hearts. But God has chosen Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Zechariah can't believe it. Would you? Now, I've got to say, God makes it tough for people like Zechariah and Elizabeth. Why, why couldn't God just leave them alone? And I guess I was more mad at God than I was at, at Zechariah, but I said, I am Gabriel. I know what God will do. You don't believe me, so you're not going to be able to speak a word until the child is born. And Zechariah loses his voice. That's kind of a mean thing to do. But later on, when the boy is born, Zechariah can speak and he says just the right word at the right time. You can go on and read about that. So that's Zechariah and Elizabeth, and it's a big deal. So this is what God does, you see. God doesn't send one of us or a whole host of us to do the work to save the world. God doesn't send an army of angels or God doesn't send down a blast of lightning to change everything. God starts with one of you. In fact, God usually makes a brand new one of you and puts that new person in a place where you wouldn't expect to see one of you to go and do what has to be done. So God starts the ball rolling with a priest in a temple, and what's God going to do next? Well, God sends me down to Nazareth, Nazareth, to Mary, a young girl. Why her? Why Mary? Apparently, she's engaged to a man who is from the family of the great King David. So that matters for something, but that's about him, not her. Why her? Well, here's a hint, maybe. When I show up, flash, she's not afraid. So maybe has she seen an angel before? Believe me, there's not a lot of angel traffic between heaven and Nazareth. So I just say, hello, Mary. And then I blurt out, God has chosen you. You're special. It's like, it's like the words just pour out of me. That confuses her. So then I have to say, don't be afraid. And I tell her what God is going to do through her, with her, in her, to her. And then I wait. It's like the longest wait in the world until she says, here I am, bring it on, or words to that effect. 
But before that, she says, it's impossible. And that's what I, when I say the words that I've always wanted to say to you. With God, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. But what will her parents say? What will the neighbors say? This young girl, engaged to be married, is pregnant. And what about Joseph? What will he say? But by the time I get back to home base, God's already figured out what to do about Joseph, and guess who has to go back and do it? But this time, it's a meeting in a dream, so I don't have to go all the way down. I can leave the heavy shoes on, because I just have to turn up somewhere behind his eyes and be a kind of spooky light and just speak very clearly. So God already knows that Joseph knows word travels fast in a little town like Nazareth. And Joseph's a righteous man. He's a good man. He's a religious man. Everybody knows who Joseph is. What is he going to do? The law says what he has to do. Keeping his honor tells him what he has to do. But he wants to do it without hurting Mary. At least not hurting her any more than necessary. So Joseph goes to sleep. And I show up, and Joseph's not afraid of me. Joseph is afraid of what's ahead. How can a good man just send a girl like Mary away? He knows he has to do it. But being a righteous man, a faithful man, does that mean you have to do the right thing all the time? That you always have to obey all the rules and all the standards of honor? And so when I speak to Joseph in that dream, I say, don't be afraid to go out and marry her. And morning comes, and I watch, and he does exactly as I told him to do. So time went by, and I thought I was going to get a rest until the bell rang again, and this time it's a three-alarm call. It's a big deal. And God sends us down to Bethlehem. I mean, Nazareth was bad enough, but Bethlehem, and not even right into town, but out in a field somewhere, and so we're out there looking for shepherds. And then we find them, and flash, I appear, an angel of the Lord, and they are sore afraid. And so I say, don't be afraid. And I tell them of good news. And I say, a Savior, Messiah, okay, Christ, the Son of God is come into the world. And I give them the details. And then, before I can catch my breath, the rest of them are all behind me shouting about glory and goodwill. And then, flash, we're gone again. And the shepherds go into town to see if what I told them is true. You people just have trouble believing me. But they find the baby, just as I said. So there they are, 
People like those shepherds are not welcome in respectable towns like Bethlehem, especially not in the middle of the night when they're roaming the streets trying to find a baby in a manger. But the real danger is for that baby. The trouble will be his. Those names that God gave me to give him, Savior, Messiah, Son of God, those are Caesar's titles. And anybody who speaks them, let alone claims them, is already in trouble. I wonder, I wonder why God bothers so many of you so often. And, and what if God had just let old Zechariah and Elizabeth live out their lives, Zechariah could retire, and, and maybe they could go and be honorary grandparents to the neighbor's kids. Just let them live. And what if God had let Mary alone and just let her marry Joseph and grow up and they could go about their lives and maybe have a, have a baby one day and everything would be just so good for them. And what if God looked down and saw that little newborn and smiled like we all smile, like you all smile when you see a newborn and not put such a burden on his shoulders when he was a baby? What if God had looked down and said, I'm not going to put a price on his head, at least not yet? And what if God had left me alone too and let me sleep in or let me go to bed early some night and not have to come down and see you so much? But when you're God's favorite angel, you don't have a choice. 